Hello, welcome to the Olympic Channel podcast. I'm Ed Knowles. What have we got for you here? Well, it's our aim to provide very cream of the crop from olympicchannel.com, plus some great little interviews from around the Winter Olympic Games here in Pyeongchang. As usual, we'll take you on a quick delve into Korean culture, making sure, always, to take you beyond the snow and ice. To be honest, you probably can tell I'm still a bit hyped from last night. I couldn't say on the podcast last time out, but I was behind the scenes helping out some really amazing 360 photos at the opening ceremony with the flag bearers. If you haven't had a chance to go and check them out, you really should. They're all over our socials and they're also on the site, so it's defo worth having a look. So, who did I manage to have a chat with? Aussie snowboarder Scotty James. He was a bit taller in real life than on the telly. And uh, a US flag bearer Erin Hamlin. She asked me to hold her water and I couldn't, so I had to give it back to her. Sorry about that, Erin. Uh, it was all a little bit surreal, but amazing, obviously. But for me, the undeniable highlight of last night was the pick that we managed to get with the unified Korea flag and the two Korean flag bearers. It's an historic photo and it's really worth taking a look. Anyway, lots to look forward to in today's show. Believe me, it's a good one. Coming up, US skier Lindsey Vonn breaks down in tears at a news conference and his whole life has been leading up to this moment. Ghana's first ever skeleton slider at Kwasi Frimpong's story is going to blow your mind. But first, here are the top stories from OlympicChannel.com. Peter Taufatafoa has done it again. Having been shirtless for Rio 2016, Tonga's flag bearer braved the cold to go bare-chested at the opening ceremony in Pyeongchang. Check out the must-have kit for Pyeongchang's opening ceremony. Everyone was given a pack including clothing and kit to keep warm inside the stadium. Olympic Channel reporter Nicholas Vinder took it for a test. And India's cricketers send a message of support to Indian loser Shiva Keshavan ahead of his sixth Olympic experience. Remember, you can check all those stories out and many more at the website or app. Go to olympicchannel.com and then tap on the news tab. Olympic Channel volunteer Heiji Kim will be here to talk about the education system in South Korea. But first, when it comes to alpine skiing, one of the biggest names around is Lindsay Vaughn. She's won it all, literally. 81 World Cup wins, which is only five away from equaling Ingemar Stenmark's long-standing record of 86 World Cup wins. She has only one Olympic gold medal, though, after missing Sochi 2014 through injury. Vaughn really is one of the all-time greats already, but even the great Lindsay Vaughn is human. Her grandfather died aged 88 in November last year, and she was asked about it at the press conference. It's really hard. I wish you didn't said it because it's really hard for me not to cry. Um, yeah, I just, I want so badly to do well for him and I miss him so much. He's been such a big part of my life. Um, and I really had hoped that he would be alive to see me, but I know he's watching and I know that he's going to help me. And, um, I'm going to win for him. Vaughn was also asked about her dog, Lucy. She's right there. Um, she's uh, usually in the hotel room, 
whenever I'm racing. Uh, she enjoys sleeping a majority of the day. <laughs> um, I always have her with me. I got her, I don't know, a year and a half ago. Um, it's extremely lonely on the road. And, you know, since I've, since I got divorced, um, I had a lot of free time on my hands at night and, and, you know, being in a hotel room is oftentimes, um, yeah, it's just extremely difficult. So I got Lucy, she travels with me everywhere. I was questioning whether I was going to bring her here because it was a long trip, but, uh, she's always with me. So I figured I need her for the most important event. Coming up, Ghana to illegal immigrant with a letter from Johan Cruyff and setback after setback. Akwasi Frimpong's story is literally unbelievable. But now it's time to learn a little bit more about South Korea. So I went to school in Britain, in Liverpool. Shout out to St. Edward's College. I wore a school uniform. I had a purple blazer up until I was 16 and then a black one up until I was 18. But the work ethic of the students here in South Korea was, well a little different to what I got up to in West Derby. Olympic Channel volunteer Heiji Kim is a student and is starting her university degree in March. So who better to get an insight into Korean education? So school uniforms are very common here, aren't they, mm-hmm. Heiji? Yep. What do people wear and what are the restrictions? So it kind of depends on the school and it differs from regions to regions. And people would, uh, girls would wear like skirts, but they're not allowed to trim trim it. or And they would wear uh, like blousers on the top or sometimes a tie, mm-hmm. even girls, even for girls. And um, for me, when I went to a public school uh, in elementary, I had to wear a specific uh, shoes, socks, coat, jacket, everything. They had a uniform for everything. And the restrictions are quite strict here, especially like uh, cosmetics or um, the hair. Yeah. You have to like cut your hair very short. Oh, really? Yeah, because uh, teachers in school doesn't want students to di- get distracted with all that stuff, but oh, to right. focus on studies. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. you've got to have a specific haircut as a. Yeah, as yeah, a yeah. How, when does that stop having a specific uh, haircut? Oh, maybe after high school. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. big though, right? Yeah. That's that's hard for a, a girl. Mm-hmm. Hair mm-hmm. is a big deal, I know. <laughs> anyway, so even when school finishes, you still have to go you have to go to more school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some students go to Hogwarts. It's like private institutions or get the or get like a private tutoring lessons. Mm-hmm. And um, people feel like they're not doing much studies at school, so they look for Hogwarts and private institutions to go after to do some more studies. Yeah. That sounds crazy. What sort of time does that... So school finishes at what time? And then when does Hagwon start and finish? Maybe school finishes at like 3.30 mm-hmm. or 4.30. And maybe Hagwon finishes like late at night, about 10 o'clock. No. Yeah. 10 p.m. <laughs> when do you eat? I don't know. But just like very light meal. Wow, 10 p.m. And yeah. then what time does school start the next morning? Seven or eight. Seven? Uh-huh. What? <laughs> so that is that is that yes. is a long day. People, did, w- people must be really tired. They're very stressed out or tired, and yeah, yeah. Well, um, because of this restriction, maybe students can focus more on their academics and maybe mm. perform well. Um, but the negatives would be they would stress out too much, and yeah. so students wouldn't really, I don't know, have. They would they will have a lot of um, 
problem mentally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cuz it's just lo- a lot to take on basically. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it puts my into perspective mm. how hard I thought I worked at school. <laughs> uh, clearly I I didn't. Hey G, thank you very much. Now, you're a little boy in Ghana. You dream big, you take a risk, you move to the Netherlands. It's hard. You're an illegal immigrant. You don't give up. You try out football and people say you're fast. Football legend Johan Cruyff spots some talent. You end up in college in the US. You get faster. You have a shot at being a sprinter at the Olympics. You don't make it. You get a shot at the Dutch bobsleigh team. You fail. You get married. You sell vacuum cleaners. You decide to give it one last shot. You go back to your roots and you aim to be Ghana's first ever skeleton slider. And you do it. Akwasi Frimpong was waving the flag for Ghana at the opening ceremony. And I had the privilege to speak to him a couple of days ago. Uh, in the Netherlands, uh, I lived there, you know, from the age of eight to like I was about, what, 23 years old. So I've lived there for a very long time. It's where, I, again, I learned how to sports. It's where I learned, you know, I, I, I made lots of friends. It's where I was able to get a good education. Um, you know, my family lived there, so that was amazing. But definitely 13 years being illegal was a struggle for our family. Uh, you know, my mom had to work two, three jobs to be able to pay lawyers. Um, I wasn't allowed to go to school. I had an injury. No doctor wanted to help me. You know, my youth was taken away from me for 13 years long. You know, kids would be going to school retreats and I wasn't able to go. You know, things that kids like to do for fun. Uh, but in all in all, I just kept my head up. I had a lot of support, people like a legendary soccer player, Johan Cruyff, um, and a bunch of other people who definitely supported me, pushed me, and uh, made it happen and made, helped me out to actually not become a number anymore, but become a person whereby the immigration officer looked more into my case. So was that what Johan Cruyff, uh, he didn't personally get involved, did he? Or is he just someone you really looked, at, looked up to? Actually, he did. <laughs> well, he wrote letters and uh, definitely to, he wrote letters, recommended, um, you know, that a quasi can become a great asset to the Netherlands, can become a hero to kids, not only in Ghana, but in the Netherlands as well. So he was really on top of things. And the school where I went to, the Young Craft University, um, the Young Craft College, sorry, is actually also one that actually was really on top of things. So... Wow, incredible. A man well connected, one of the greatest footballers of all time. I should behave myself. So you've missed out on other Olympic Games. Tell me why you love the Olympics so much. You know, for me, to be honest, uh, the Olympic dream started again when I won my first medal at the age of 17 in 2003. And to me, then it was like, what is the most, what is the highest achievable thing for me as an amateur athlete, right? And that was the Olympics. The Olympics was the highest, you know, uh, achievable, the, the biggest event in the world where everybody wanted to be part of. Um, it's where, you know, countries come together. It's where, you know, sports bring people together. It's where you can actually showcase your country, be proud of your country. But also the Olympic spirit, getting the opportunity to actually compete against the best of the world, um, showcasing, you know, your talent. Um, it's not only just about winning medals, but also conquering your fear and the challenges that you go through in life and I wanted to be there and know what it feels like not only to win a medal as a youth but also to feel what it feels like to become an Olympian. My goal is really simple I'm here to break barrier first of all to show that black people can do this as well and get more black people to get into the winter sport. Uh, Second is to write history for my country to be able to be there in the arena standing there waving the flag of my country is huge Uh, so that's a big thing and the third thing is just to gain experience for the 2022 Olympics. I mean with that little kid you know, growing up in Ghana or in the Netherlands, ever have believed you'd sat here, you know, gone to college in the US and then made it to the Olympic Games? 
But thinking back at it, maybe it was good for me to miss the Olympics in 2012. Maybe it was good for me to miss the Olympics in 2014. Because now I get to not only fulfill my Olympic dream, but I also get to empower and inspire like millions of kids in Ghana who, uh, who now can dare to dream, who cannot chase their wildest dream and know that it is possible to come out of their comfort zone and achieve the highest possible. So Ghana, it's not really famous for its winter sports though, is it? I mean, when you think Ghana, for me, definitely it's Tony Yeboah, Leeds United football legend. I mean, who are your sporting heroes in Ghana and do you hope to be in their company? Absolutely. Growing up in Ghana, I really remember as a little kid that uh, we didn't have much, but we had a little tiny TV. And, uh, you know, when, when Ghana was playing, Abedi Pele back in the days, a famous soccer player, everybody came to our house to watch. He was a big hero for me, definitely, uh, when it comes to Ghana sports. Uh, that was soccer. And absolutely, yeah, you're right. Ghana definitely doesn't have, you know, uh, the cold, the winter. Uh, luckily, because I can always go back and hide there when it's, you know, to, to stay warm. <laughs> but, um, but the thing is, there's so many talents out there, you know, and, and me showing that if you come out of your comfort zone, it doesn't matter where you are, it's how bad you want it. How bad do you want to succeed? How bad do you want to be, uh, become successful? How bad do you, are you dream of something big? And I was dreaming that badly and that big that I want to give back to people in Ghana. Your helmet, I checked it out. It's pretty cool. So uh, tell me about the story behind your, your helmet. Yeah, it, it was actually inspired by the coach who recruited me, uh, Sami Monsos, uh, uh, who recruited me to do track and field. And one of the things he always told me is the analogy of the lion trying to eat the rabbit. So the rabbit's trying to escape out of the lion's mouth. And how that works is the rabbit actually being in the cage. And when the cage opens up, the rabbit's trying to escape from the lion because otherwise the lion's going to eat it up. And he explained to me that, you know, I'm supposed to be that rabbit who escapes away from the lion, but I was never able to do that due to the fact of the Dutch immigration. This is a kid who's 17 years old and every three months getting a letter from the Dutch government that has to leave the country and be away from his family. That kid cannot focus. That kid is just in a dilemma, struggling. So it, the lion is basically all the negative thing, all the people, all the stress, all the, the Dutch immigration, all that kind of stuff is the lion. And I'm the rabbit trying to escape from that. That was not possible for the past 15 years. But now, in 2018, in Pinyongchang, I'm eventually, I'm finally becoming the rabbit that my coach always wanted me to be, escape from the lion and show that it is possible. It's a great analogy. So, but rabbits are fast as well. How fast are you? Uh, well, as a sprinter, it's okay. But I ran about a 10-4 in college. So, which is decent for my sport of skeleton. It's definitely not a Usain Bolt time when it, comes to, uh, when it comes to the Summer Olympics, anything like that. But it's good enough to push the sled really fast. When you arrive in Pyeongchang, it's, it's absolutely freezing cold. What kind of things have you been doing to prep for that kind of cold? Is there anything special that you would say for anybody who's coming along to make sure that they bring in their bag? Yeah, definitely don't bring your tight jackets, man. You gotta definitely bring like, uh, like you know, puffy jackets. You gotta make sure you get some extra layers. You gotta make sure you get some thick socks, uh, for sure. And anything that's wind resistant, because the cold is the cold is okay. I mean, it's cold, but it's definitely the wind that's actually making it really tough. So anything wind resistant, I think, will help a lot. And I'm so afraid because my wife and daughter, my daughter is nine months, and they're gonna be here. And I'm almost wanna call them not to come anymore because it's that cold but I know they want to be here and support me. Uh, so uh, some wind resistant stuff would definitely be helpful. Uh, ski jacket, ski pants, um, definitely have a good beanie uh, and maybe some masks type of stuff to kind of stop all the wind to come into your face. So. What a guy. Thanks Akwasi for generously giving his time up. And that is it. Olympic Channel volunteer Heiji Kim will be back next time 
I will be back too. Your homework, a five-star rating and a nice review on a podcast app would be very nice indeed. It would certainly earn you a shout out if you leave your name and subscribe. That helps us out too. Tell people about us. Leave us comments on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. At Olympic Channel is our handle. Until next time, bye for now.